Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash BrainsOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to BrainsOn, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Thanks for coming to see the first screening of my horror movie, Sandin. Of course. I am so excited to be totally scared by, uh, what's it called again? Duck Duck Ghost. <laughs> Let me get it going here. <laughs> Stacy, I don't know about this. Maybe we shouldn't go to the duck pond alone at night. What if it's haunted? Come on, Brett. There's no such thing as a haunted duck pond. Of course there is. Where do you think poultry guys come from? Oh, I just want to see some cute sleeping ducks, Brett. There's one. Aww. What was that? Um, that duck looks different. It's got red eyes. And are those fangs in its beak? It's coming closer. It's... It's... So, what do you think of the first scene? Well, the dialogue is great. The set design, truly horrifying. Great job. And you even had a jump scare. Whew. Gave me chills. But are you sure about the music? I mean, it didn't sound right to me. What if you made the music scary, too? Hmm. Scary music with a scary movie. <laughs> Buddy, I think you're onto something. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Chase from San Diego. Hi, Chase. Hi. So, Chase, you wrote to us with a question that we thought was perfect for this extra creepy time of year. Yeah, I wanted to know why the music that goes with scary movies makes them even scarier. That is a great question. So, Chase, I'm wondering, what made you think of this? Uh, well, I was watching a scary show, and I noticed that the music made it feel, like, even creepier. <laughs> Do you remember what that music sounded like? In this particular show... There, it was all build up mostly, so it was like. Mm. And then it just like cut to a different scene all, almost every time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kept the suspense going. I know. And then it would go back, rebuild it up, and then the jump scare would happen. So, do you like watching scary movies and scary TV shows? Um, I don't like really, I don't like slasher movies as much. I feel like those are too realistic, but. I watched, like, It, which wasn't scary. I feel like the more, like... It wasn't scary? No. <laughs> I feel like the more, like, like ghosts and zombies and stuff isn't nearly as scary as, like, how... I haven't seen Halloween, but I've heard that one's actually pretty scary. Okay, so you sound like you know scary movies. You're not scared by movies that definitely scare me. So <laughs> I'm going to chalk that up to you liking scary movies. What 
do you think the scary movie would be like with the sound off? Do you think it would be as scary? Uh, I think it, you would, it would just look normal and you wouldn't feel anything. And then when the jump scare came, you'd be like, oh, oh, okay. Can you explain what a jump scare is? Uh, yeah, it would be the when something suddenly, like, maybe it's through visual or uh, you hear it. So it might, it's like a sudden, either like, boom, or it's something suddenly, like, jumps onto screen, or it feels like it's, like, jumping at you most of the time. So it's like, surprise, but yeah. scary. A scary surprise. Not, yeah, a, like, not a birthday party surprise. Yeah. Do you play any instruments? I play the drums. Oh, nice. How would you make drums sound scary? If I think of, like, scary drums, I think of, like, the Jaws theme, but, like, in a tr- it kind of in a drum beat being, like, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Maybe more of a heartbeat, actually. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And, like, it speeds up and then boom. Yes. Yes. That sounds scary. That's awesome. So, Chase, your question got us thinking about how we're not just listening to music with our ears. We're also using that amazing electric meatball between our ears, our brains. When it comes to feeling scared, our brains play a massive role. Yeah. Fear is one of the many ways our brains respond to what's going on around us. We're constantly getting new information from our senses like sight, sound, smell, and touch. And our brain processes all of that information super quickly. If anything around us seems like a threat, our brain tells our body to get out of there. To see what's going on in there, let's get our handy-dandy brains on Zoom, Ray, and zoom in on the middle of the brain. You see that little oval blob right above the brainstem? Yeah, it kind of looks like a walnut or maybe an almond. That's the amygdala. Its name actually means almond because of its shape. The amygdala is where a lot of emotional information is processed. It also tells our brains if something is out of the ordinary. So, if I were taking a walk in the woods... And I saw a tree next to me, the amygdala wouldn't have much to say about it. Oak, pine, maple, yep, everything looks good here. But if you looked over and saw a moose or a bear or something else unusual, the amygdala would jump into action and send out a distress signal, kind of like an alarm. Whoa, this is not a drill. That's definitely something out of the ordinary. Go, go, go. Then my brain would tell my body to start sending out stress hormones. My heart would beat faster, my muscles would tense up, and I might start breathing quickly. This reaction can be turned on by any of our senses, not just sight. So if you were taking a walk in the woods and you heard a scary noise, you might have that same kind of response. Ah! Okay. My response there? That was an example of innate fear. Innate? means something you were born with. We find some things scary because our ancestors thought they were scary too. A long, long time ago, if you were minding your own business and you heard a twig snap behind you, it might be a predator looking to make you its snack. Yikes. And an early human who jumped and was ready to run at a sudden sound had a much better chance of surviving and passing on their speedy reflexes to the next generation. Exactly. So thanks to those early ancestors, we have that jump reflex baked into our brain. It's innate. We're born with it. Nowadays, a sudden noise is much less likely to be a hungry lion, but we've still got the same fear response. 
When a composer writes the music to go along with a scary movie, they can use musical tricks that take advantage of our innate fears. Like having the music go from soft to loud! Ooh, I scared myself there. We asked Jake Johan to tell us more about how music can play with our brains. Hi, Jay. Hi, Chase. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me. Of course, we're so happy you're here. Jay is a concert pianist and music teacher, and he knows his way around scary sounds. I do. And I've got my piano right here. Ooh, spooky. So, Jay, we want to talk to you about the musical techniques used in scary music. First, let's explore music that plays on our innate fears, the ones we're born with. So what sounds might startle our brains, Jay? Well, playing with rhythm and tempo is a great way to start. Rhythm, as you probably know, is a regular, repeated pattern of sound. And sometimes rhythms can be creepy. What are some you might hear in real life? Slow footsteps. A loud ticking clock. A heartbeat. Exactly. To make things even scarier, you can manipulate tempo, which is how fast or slow music moves. For example, if footsteps are getting faster, what would that sound like? Something's running, like, toward you, maybe? Right. Maybe even a chase? (laughs) (laughs) Here's a little piece of music from Grieg's Hall of the Mountain King that uses rhythm and tempo to create the creepy feeling of being chased. Chase, what do you imagine might happen in a movie scene with that music? Maybe a chase chase. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Next, let's talk dynamics. Chase, do you know what musical dynamics are? Yeah, they're how loud or soft a piece of music is played. Ah! And loud sounds are one of the things humans are born afraid of. Yes, but soft sounds can feel creepy too, like in Chopin's Scherzo Number 2 in B-flat minor. So if you start out soft, you can edge people into the creepy and then That definitely made me like, <laughs> jump a little. <laughs> that was the end. unsettling. Yes. <laughs> My heart is pounding. <laughs> Molly, do you hear how your voice just got higher? Yes, because I'm anxious. (laughs) Well, in music, we'd say your voice has a higher pitch. Playing with pitch is another great scary music tool. If I imitate that anxious, high-pitched sound, it can feel very off-putting. Here is the theme from John Carpenter's Halloween. Low notes can also be ominous. Our brains might interpret them as something that sounds like a growl from a hungry lion our ancestors wanted to avoid. Yeah, it got creepier with the low notes. Yeah, definitely. 
One pitch trick you hear a lot in movie scores are pitch bends, which sound like a human scream. That's some scary stuff. Okay, I need a break to let my poor brain recover from all that sonic scariness. We'll talk more with Jay in a minute. But while we're on the topic of screams, you know, it's not just us human humans that wail. Chase, we're going to play a game I call... I scream, you scream. We all scream for animal screams. I'm going to play you some screams, and you guess the animal that's screaming. Got it? Yep. All right, here is the first scream. What animal do you think that is? That sounds like a monkey. Kind of like a chimpanzee. Oh my goodness, Chase, you are 100% correct. Nicely done, nicely done. All right, here is scream number two. Hmm. It's either a seal or a dog. I'm going to go with seal, like a a seal on the beach screaming. Very good guess. The answer is a dog. Oh. You almost had it. Yeah. That type of dog is a Malamute Alaskan Husky. Oh, my God. Huskies are my favorite dog. Oh, really? <laughs> well, now you know what they sound like when they're screaming. All right. Here's animal scream number three. Ah, oh, that, that's a bird. That's not like a parrot, I think. You are correct. It is a bird, but it's a barn owl, a true creature of the night. Owls are that loud? Oh, yes. Owls can be very noisy. I didn't know owls screamed like that. I just thought owls did like the whoo, whoo. Yeah, I wonder when they scream like that. Probably when they're angry. Like, stay away from my mouse. That's my mouse. All right. Here is our fourth and final animal scream. That's a short one, so let's hear it again. What do you think? That short? I'm going to go with meerkat. It's like alerting. It's alerting its group danger, maybe. I love that. The answer is the red Abyssinian wolf or simian jackal. It's a kind of canine native to the highlands of Ethiopia. That is a really hard one um, because most people probably aren't thinking jackals in their day-to-day but that, that was excellent. Very good work. Excellent ears. So now you've got plenty of inspiration for your own signature scream that you can bust out on Halloween or the next time you hear a scary story. Chase, can you give us a taste of what your scream is like? Ah! Wow. That was a good scream. Sending chills down my spine. Why, thank you. Okay. This next sound is less scary and more secretive. It's the... You ready for a mystery sound? Yeah. Here it is. Whoa. What is your guess? That's a lot of jacket zippers. I do that all the time with my jacket. <laughs> if I'm bored, I'll go on my jacket and just start moving it up and down. I'm, I'm familiar with that sound. <laughs> Excellent work. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me, too. Jacket zippers. All right, well, we will hear it again, see if we're right, after the credits. We're 
we're working on an episode all about space, that dark, starry, infinite place right above our heads. And we want you to send us your space jingles. A jingle is a short little song about how amazing something is. Okay, Chase, if you had to write a jingle about space, what would it be? Space. It's infinite. Which means it's got a lot of space. It's space. That was great. I enjoyed that very much. I can definitely hear some drums behind that. Yeah. Very nice work. Listeners, record your space jingle and send it to us at brainson.org slash contact. And while you're there, you can send us your mystery sounds, drawings, and questions. Like this one. My name is Otis, and my question is, why do shadows bend? You can find an answer to that on the Moment of Um podcast. It's a dose of fabulous facts every weekday. Just search for Moment of Um wherever you listen to Brains On. And keep listening. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Chase. And I'm Molly. And we're here at Brains On headquarters having a screamingly wonderful time talking about how music can play with our brains and add extra thrills and chills to scary movies. We talked about the kinds of sounds that we're instinctively scared of, like loud sounds or sounds that change pitch. But there's another reason certain sounds freak us out. We've been taught to find them scary. Take the theremin. It's this amazing instrument made of two metal antennas, and when electricity runs through them, it makes an electromagnetic field. You play it by moving your hands around in the air and interfering with its electromagnetic energy. It's pretty funny looking when people play it. Like, they're slowly waving away a bunch of invisible bugs. The theremin was used in a ton of scary science fiction movies in the 1950s and 60s, when that type of movie was super popular. And so many people have learned to associate this instrument with aliens, monsters, Halloween, and feeling creeped out. But it can also make beautiful and calming music. We were taught to think it was scary, but it isn't scary on its own. It depends what you hear or see along with the sound. Another great example is the pipe organ. There's lots of beautiful music written for this instrument. But it has also been used in tons of classic monster movies. So if you hear something like this, you might expect to see Dracula or Frankenstein around the next corner. When composers write scary music, they use a combination of things we've learned to find frightening, along with musical elements that mimic sounds we were born afraid of. One more musical element that humans across cultures seem to find fairly scary is dissonance. Right. It's when two notes don't harmonize with each other, when they clash. 
So some of our associations with dissonance are more innate, and some are learned. It's a complicated subject. Luckily, we've still got Jay Kyohan, our musical magician here, and I bet he can tell us more. So one of the freakiest dissonant chords out there is the minor second. It's when two notes are right next to each other. The Jaws theme song uses this minor second, and it's considered one of the scariest movie soundtracks of all time. What did that sound like to you, Chase? Um, probably like a cat sneaking up on a mouse. Mmm, something sneaking up on you. Yeah. Right? I almost think, like, the way that it's using, like, the long note and the short note kind of creates that picture even clearer. It's like it's, it's like crouching, and then it jumps and tries to catch you. And so I feel like that's almost playing into it as well. Yeah, I, I think of each thing, it's like the it moves, and then the stop, and it freezes, and then it keeps going, and it freezes, and then you have like the dung, and it pounces. And then freezes, exactly. And that makes sense for yeah. Jaws, because that movie, you know, they're looking for a shark. They don't really exactly. see the shark. Exactly. They're trying to find it, so it's like something out of sight. You don't know where it is. That kind of yeah. creepy feeling of something being right behind you. Yeah, that's awesome. So, dissonance can be creepy, uncomfortable, and scary because it doesn't feel resolved. So any technique you can use to make a piece feel unexpected or unfinished can add scariness. For example, a series of chords that don't really fit together is unexpected, like we hear in Mussorgsky's The Gnome. And a scale that doesn't resolve feels unfinished. Resolve, resolve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Chase, how does it how does it make you feel when it doesn't resolve and just kind of hangs like that? What does it make you think of or picture? I want to hit whatever button it takes to play that last <laughs> note. <laughs> the resolve it's, button. It's, exactly. it's like in a room, you put a fireplace in the middle, and it's not centered, and you're like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you know there's a funny story about Mozart where his father would play a phrase, and he wouldn't resolve the piece, and Mozart would get out of bed, and he would play the final chord <laughs> just so he could go to sleep. <laughs> Dad, you're keeping me up with your unresolved chord progressions. Exactly. <laughs> So I've been playing the piano by pressing its keys, but a lot of movie composers, they'll use the inside of the piano. So I'm going to actually brush the strings with my fingers, and it'll create a very creepy sound. Oh, yeah. Chase, what does that make you think of? A higher-pitched guitar. Like it, Ooh, it sounded yeah. like the 
It, it kind of sounded. It, it sounded like a mix between a guitar and a piano because it had the kind of like building up, like swiping yeah. your hand over the piano keys, but the strum of a guitar. Mm-hmm. What 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 do you mm-hmm. think that would be good to use for, to like in a creepy movie? Like, what setting would that be used in? I can play it for you again here. It'd be in, it'd be in like Scooby Doo, when <laughs> the when the villain like kind of you see them they like turn toward the camera and then open some kind of wall and like go behind it and that's where Ooh, they like kind of yeah. plan some sneaky sounds. Yeah. Yes mysterious. So there are definitely more musical tools you can use to write a scary piece of music, but those are a few great ones to start with. Okay, so let's make sure we've got it. To write a scary piece of music, you can use an unsettling rhythm, kind of like heartbeat or footsteps. And speed up or slow down the tempo in an unpredictable way. You could also use a surprising mixture of very soft notes. And very loud ones. High-pitched screamy sounds or low, ominous ones. Dissonant chords are very unsettling. And pretty much anything that feels unexpected or unfinished will add a little creepy energy to your piece. You got it. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jay. It was my pleasure. Bye, Chase. Bye, Molly. Bye, Jay. Hi. Get that piano off the sidewalk now. (laughs) Will do. We've learned how scary music works on our brains. So when a composer is writing music for a scary movie, how do they decide how it will sound? We asked musician and composer Heather McIntosh to tell us how she uses music to add a creepy feeling to movies. Hi, my name is Heather McIntosh, and I am a composer for film and television. Sometimes with a film, I may just work from the script, which is a written version of the story that the movie turns into. So maybe I start from the script and I can sort of develop themes and ideas away from an actual shot picture. So sometimes it's from script, but then sometimes it it happens later in the process where I get a full cut of the film and I get to watch that down and I come up with the themes that way. Or a third way is I get the full cut of the film and then the picture editor or music editor um, may put in a temporary score, which is music from other composers or maybe from me too, music that I've written, that they put in to give you a guideline of what tone they think, like what the director or the filmmakers feel like the tone should be. So just to give you a a better idea of like, oh, this is where I need it to be really loud and scary, or this is where I want to have a quiet, super tiny sound. But whenever there's a picture, we have a spotting session, which is where you sit with the director and you talk about what you think the music should do at all the different points in the whole film. So once you have a full cut of the film, you would go through and say... Um, oh, there's this part where the the door is creaking and we don't want any music there. But when the door opens and the bad guy comes, that's when you want to have some terrifying sound or um, a full orchestral sound. It's a lot of questions and answers to just find exactly how to dial in the sound for that very specific project. And it's always different. 
Chase, now that you know all these tips and tricks, if you were going to create a scary sound to introduce a monster in a movie, what would it be? Boom. 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 It would be like the kind of like footsteps, the boom, 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 but like heavy ones, and then it stops, and then it bangs down the door, breaks through it, and then it cuts to like the scene, the scene with like the police tape everywhere, and they go in like they're like how'd they die. We don't know. No evidence was found. <laughs> There's this weird, big footprint, but only a single one, even though it's walked down the entire hallway. But only one footprint. And we don't know what it is. Ooh. Creepy. I know. Yeah, scary music can really get our hearts racing, our blood pumping, our skin sweating, and when we've had too much, we might let out a scream. Coming soon to theaters. Just when you thought it was safe to get back in the duck pond. Stacy, it's behind you. Something is very wrong at Old McDonald's Farm. E I E I O No. From the director who brought you Duck in Space, it's Duck Duck Ghost. I've been in the ghost hunting business for 20 years, and I've never seen anything like this. See this? The readings are off the charts. The air is so cold, but it's the middle of July. (laughs) We must be close. You better get those breadcrumbs ready, kid. Did you see that? Behind that bush, it's... No, that's impossible. I'd know those feathers anywhere. The monster duck of Old MacDonald's farm is... Quack from the Dead. That's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was written by Anna Goldfield and Rosie Dupont. We had production help from Molly Bloom, Ruby Guthrie, Mark Sanchez, Aaron Woldeslassi, Anna Weggle, and Nico Gonzalez-Whistler. Our editors are Sandin Totten and Shayla Farzan, and our executive producer is Beth Perlman. This episode was sound designed by Rachel Breeze and mixed by Anna Haverman. Our production coordinator is Lauren Humpert. We had engineering help from Dave Drexler. Special thanks to Brant Miller, Jake Kiohan, and Laura Rivard. The executives in charge of APM Studios are Chandra Kavati, Joanne Griffith, and Alex Schaffer. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. If you like the show, head to brainson.org. While you're there, you can tell your friends about us. Donate to the show. Send in your drawings. And your mystery sounds. That reminds me. We still don't know exactly what that mystery sound was. Do you want to hear it one more time, Chase? Yeah. All right, here it is. What do you think? I still think it's zippers. <laughs> zippers. I think it's zippers, too. Okay, ready for the answer? Yep. 
Okay, here it is. Hi, my name is Louisa. Hi, my name is Hannah. That was the sound of us rubbing the soles of our flip-flops together. We like that sound because it reminds us of the summers in Cape Cod. I would never have guessed that. Yeah, no, me neither. It is very specific, not something I've done before. It's definitely a unique sound, that's for sure. Now it's time for the Brains Honor Roll. These are the incredible kids who keep the show going with their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Amelia and Teddy from Marshfield, Massachusetts, Emma from Lake Tahoe, California, Maisie from Phoenix, Amy from Melbourne, Australia, Cooper from Potomac, Mila and Willa from Brooklyn, New York, Vincent from Denver, Sandra from Mount Dora, Florida, Everett from Dallas, Texas, Madeline and Lawrence from Renton, Washington, Elena from New York, Adelaide from Ardmore, Pennsylvania, Liam from Anyang, France, Theo from Houston, Texas, Rory and Rigel from Irwin, Pennsylvania, Elliot from Perth, Scotland, Zoe and Darby from Atlanta, Linnea from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, Zasha from Abingdon, England, Ezra from Illinois, Sawyer from Piedmont, Oklahoma, Layla from San Clemente, California, Caleb from Atlanta, Jing from Lexington, Massachusetts, Abigail from Wyndham, New Hampshire, Ethan, Benjamin, and Levi from Myerstown, Pennsylvania, Madison from Wallingford, Pennsylvania, Joshua from Denver, Saul and John from New Orleans, Adler from White Deer, Texas, Amelia from Toronto, Lewis from Sydney, Australia, Daniel and Julio from Toronto, Molly from Virginia Beach, Oliver and Steve from Miami, Harrison and Bennett from Fairfax, Virginia, Flynn from Wellington, New Zealand, Evie from Fitchburg, Wisconsin, Ava from Atlanta, Evie from Sydney, Australia, Carter from Palisades, New York, Genevieve from Tucson, Arizona, Esther from Anchorage, Alaska, Zara from Cambridge, England, Rhea from Chelmsford, England, Will, Kate, and Chloe from Westlake, Ohio, Elijah from Middletown, New York, Rowan from New York City, Cody from Seattle, Aria from Paris, California, Calvin from Des Moines, Iowa, Adele from Canmore, Alberta, Bailey from Decatur, Georgia, Nora from California, Anika from Sammamish, Washington, Armand from Sydney, Australia, Oscar and Geronimo from Ogden, Utah, Tsunami from Kansas City, Thomas from Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, Haley from Irvine, California, Maple and Ernie from Lafarge, Wisconsin, Winona from Golden, Colorado, Anselm and Tristan from Frankfurt, Germany, Jack from Portland, Oregon, Mateo from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Emery and Ezra from Hoover, Alabama, Amelia from Fayetteville, Arkansas, Anna Victoria from Texas, Noah from Oakland, California, Ezra from Rollsville, North Carolina, and Carson from Alexandria, Virginia. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.